delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is On the Grid. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to On the Grid for another week. Richard Crow with you for the start of the show. Tony Shebeki's coming soon. Don't worry about that. He'll be back in the second half. Big show coming your way. A little bit later on, Michael Caruso joins us to debrief a massive weekend at Sandown with Super Cheap Auto TCR Australia. He was back on the podium. And, of course, we look ahead to the upcoming Repco Bathurst 1000, where he will drive with Mark Winterbottom. We've also got the team on board to debrief a wet and wild weekend at Sandown and everything going on in the motorsport world. But first, some young stars of our sport. The S5000 Australian Drivers' Championship hosted an open day at the Bend on Tuesday this week. Several young drivers took part, and we were there to catch up with them. In order of appearance, you'll hear from Super 2 racer Matt McLean, young gun Brad Vaughan from Super 3, and Radical Cup Australia racer Sebastian Fiorenza. This is what they had to say about sampling S5000 horsepower for the first time. Yeah, first lap in the S5000 today, and they are a seriously different beast. I'm not going to lie, it's just not at all what I expected, but in the best of ways. They're so wild, and they're actually really hard to tame. So first second, uh, first session, it was just really building up to it and just taking it slow and had to crack in the second one, and it's good. It's Once you, you learn how they handle, like, of course, it's my first time in a, in a, a single-seater and uh, in an open wheel, and, um, yeah, once once you sort of come to grips with it, they're actually quite quite easy to drive. But the first session, I tell you, my gosh, it was just so wild. But, yeah, really cool experience. And, you know, props go out to Versa for getting me in for the day. It's been really cool. And, yeah, hope to chip away at it a little bit more and work towards racing in the category. Unreal cars to drive the S5000. So much power. It's my first time in an open wheeler, so it's just been awesome. Uh, firstly, being an open wheeler, it's a lot different. You've got the wind against your face and and um, just sitting quite tight in the cockpit is very different but once you get over that I think they're reasonably similar. I uh, could definitely see myself driving in one of them um, just see what the future holds. Yeah so obviously today's our first time out. Um, definitely not what I expected. Um, these things are high horsepower you know slick tyres, big rear wheels. Um, a lot of power, considering from where I've come, which is the Radical, to this. Um, yeah, no, these things are, they're a lot of fun to drive, but they definitely have a lot of horsepower in them, that's for sure. In the S5000, it doesn't have as much downforce as a Radical. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely did help me um, with like driving into a corner and stuff. Uh, just learning like the medium to high speed corners as well. Um, but yeah, no, definitely like a lot of my skill from the Radical to the uh, to the S5000 definitely like transitioned very well, I think, yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's been great. Uh, Toby and the guys have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, no, they've, oh, it's been crazy. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I, hopefully I get to work with them again in the future. I really, really do hope, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we'll have to weigh up our options. Can't say too much yet. Um, but no, I definitely would love to give a crack in one of these for a, for a season or two. Definitely, absolutely. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world.
on the grid. All right, massive weekend at Sandown. Last weekend for the Speed Series, uh, this man was in the thick of the action. He was racing in Super Cheap Auto TCR. He was on the Stan Sport broadcast. He was aiming cheap champagne at me. It was all going on for Michael Caruso. <laughs> Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Krause. How are you, buddy? I'm well, drying out. Thanks for that. Uh, I did a <laughs> half-decent job of diving out of your way there for the uh, the final podium, but it was nice to see you up there, mate, getting a trophy after what's been a shocking year of luck for you. Oh. It must have been nice to turn it around and uh, get some silverware. It's um, Thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. I Yeah, as you said, this year has just been... Um, very difficult because uh, you you go through those processes of like oh why is why is this happening why, uh, yeah again you know and questioning and you know is it's is this really happening and all that type of stuff that you normally do um you know as an athlete or a, anyone involved in some sort of sport or a, even any daily business stuff you know whether you're you know working at work or racing cars so um it was good to finally um actually execute a result you know um which for sometimes not not our own doing um has has, a, has happened which we saw in race two over the weekend but um yeah i think ash you uh, everyone knows how passionate ash seawood is um and i did hear <laughs> i get to hear little bits and pieces on the radio but i did hear how excited he was in the garage so it, it's nice it's nice to have it to come through and just put those demons of Queensland Raceway behind you finally, <laughs> which I'm sure lingered for a little while when you were, you're in the box seat. What, what's the alpha like, mate, as a car? Because I know it's not the the latest and greatest TCR. I mean, you're racing that that Audi that Jay Hansen's driving. That is as, as new as a TCR get, car gets. So how is it as a package and how does it stack up against everything in the field? Oh, look. You're right. I mean, obviously, being a car that was homologated back in 2016, um, it, yeah, it has its disadvantages. But I mean, you know, the good thing about TCR is they sort of they try to nullify all those changes with a bit okay. of EOP. Mm. But uh, unfortunately, you know, how they do that is just with engine power rather than um, actual handling performance. And I think we've seen this year. In terms of pure handling, um, Jay's car has been, you know, really strong. You know, it's um, it looks like it's got a lot of aero and mechanical grip. Um, and, and, you know, over a stint of 25-odd laps, that really helps your tyre life and, and bits and pieces. But, look, you know, it is what it is. That's the car we've, we've got for this year. Um, and you've just got to do the best job you can with the equipment you got. The good thing is... I think we've seen 11 different race winners this year in TCR. So it it does a good job of, of trying to um, mix it up in terms of that performance balance. But, you know, you, you look at the good old era of supercars, as soon as one make wins, you know, two or three rounds in a row, it's absolute blow up city because that <laughs> seems to roll on and on and on. But um, yeah, it, it's a good mix. I love the little alpha. Obviously it's got a, a special little spot in my own heart. Mm. <laughs> um, and, you know, I do drive a, a road. Uh, I drive a one five nine on the road as oh, well. Nice. So um, people ask me, why do I do it to myself, including my dad, <laughs> who was a mechanic. <laughs> so, um, you know, anyway, <laughs> These what, are the things you do for love. What was the quote from, I think it was Jeremy Clarkson said, you're not a true petrol head until you've owned an Alfa Romeo <laughs> and experienced all the joys and anguish that go with it. So I think Absolutely. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's a fair point. 
on the scale of one to extreme, how challenging were those conditions that we experienced on the weekend? Firstly, from a driving point of view, what were they like to drive in? Uh, I mean, what makes it more extreme is when is your position on track. When you're at the front, you're like, oh, what's everyone whinging about? Because you don't have anyone in front of you to worry about and spray and all that stuff. But it was difficult. The spray, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, 10 years ago, spray was such a problem where now the way that they build cars, the way the tyres disperse the water, the wings, the aero, it makes the spray is just um, accentuated so bad that sitting right behind someone you can't even see their lights anymore. And I'm talking, when I say behind someone, even under safety car, yeah, as right. soon as the speed picks up, you're starting to think, well, this, you know, I can't really see this guy. I'm just going to have to trust he's doing the right, you know, the same thing I want to do, which is go forward. So, mm. um, which at times was difficult with that sitting water on the circuit, but um, it is difficult. Um, and, and I do, I mean, I, I would like to think, well, not would like to think, I, I'm guessing that Bathurst is, you know, only a few weeks away and we haven't had a wet Bathurst in a while. So we're probably due with this La Nina or whatever they're calling it. That's been going on now for three years. So yeah, yes. Um, so you're sharp. Yeah. You're, you're match fit for a, a wet Ready Bathurst. Ready to go, mate. Yeah, Can't wait. Frosty <laughs> will give you the start and the finish and you'll get the whole lot. Um, TCR this year, you mentioned 11 different winners. It's properly competitive. This feels like it's been, a bit of a breakout year for the category and a couple of tough seasons with, with COVID around, but it, it's sort of feels like to me that it's entrenched itself now within the sport as a really legitimate place for both the younger kids to come and race, but people like yourself and Tony Alberto and guys like that to still race at a very high level and a high level of competition. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I do. And, and I, I think the thing I, that people have been looking for is a category, um, in a series where you can still be prominent enough that you're not on the track at 7.55 in the morning sure. um, in all respect. And I appreciate that, you know, Supercars is the flagship show. So they get right of way and, and you know, the prime time of racing and all that. But when you're driving in support categories, you, you know, you're still trying to get the most value for your sponsors. Um, and then obviously the value in terms of laps and TV time and all that sort of stuff. And I think, that's where speed series really does have a place in motorsport Australia is it's got its own platform. It's on separate weekends. It's a great, you know, whether you like supercars or you, you're in different categories and whatever you, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all motorsport fans. So mm. I think Australia is big enough to actually have the two separate and it gives different people um, and different budgets opportunities to actually have categories racing. So in terms of TCR's competition, um, it obviously has stepped up quite a bit. I mean, Will was the 2019 champion and, um, you know, he's only had his first race win on the weekend. So it shows how much it's lifted um, in the past few years. So it's good. I, I know he enjoys it. He, he, he um, He's obviously at the top of his game in supercars as well. He's been very competitive this year. So it's good to have that mix. Uh, how are you enjoying the broadcast side of things? You've joined the Stan Sports <laughs> team this year and you pop into the Combox for a bit of GT racing with myself and Greg Rust and you're in the lane and we let you loose with a roving microphone with Fabian on the weekend, which was great fun. Are you, are you enjoying the other side of the sport and, and having that opportunity to get stuck into a broadcast? I've always enjoyed the TV side because I've just found it really 
natural for me because I, um, I'm i talking about obviously something that I love and something that I, I have a bit of knowledge about. So it makes it really easy to to talk about. Um, no different to what you're doing here. You know, you do a great job both on the telecast and and with the show. So it it just, it's so easy when you love something um, sure. and you obviously live and breathe it that you can just, you know, chat with people that you know and um, and and try to get get the story across and particularly the technical side. I mean, I know it's sometimes difficult to, to give that, paint that picture for people um, if they're not there and, and if they haven't experienced it. So I enjoy that, that challenge. And um, look, it's been, it's been good fun. Even coming up in the commentary boxes, that's something new for me because I've never really done any commentary at all. So I, I never saw myself or at least I don't rate myself as a commentator particularly sitting next to the likes of yourself and Rusty it's it's Especially Rusty well you guys know your stuff so well and you know when to when to talk and how to talk so I feel like I'm sponging off you guys a, a lot so I actually enjoy um, learning and and developing my own skills as well so um, yeah it's, it's it has been awesome um, and I yeah obviously Stan themselves see motorsport as a, as a big um, ticket item for them and they're expanding. Obviously we've got the pit lane show as well that they're doing. So um, good for motorsport that, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a new podcast about motorsport, new TV show or different platforms doing anything as the more motorsport content out there is a great sign for, for anyone uh, that loves it. It's fun from my point of view, Caruso as well to watch the likes of yourself and Molly and Fabian who have all been or are elite sports people at the top of their respective game transition over. Because in some ways, I think the mental approach as well to TV, you've got to be switched on to do live TV. And we saw that, we experienced that on Saturday with the rain and (laughs) the delay. And we were talking off air that when something like that happens, all this meticulous planning of a rundown that's been put together for a month and people work on it and fine tune this second by second plan for the day. The moment something like that happens, it all gets tossed into the bin and you make it up as you go. But it's fascinating for me to watch you guys adapt to the TV side. I I really find that interesting to see how you guys as professional sports people do it. I I think that's a fascinating side of it. And I really enjoy seeing you guys get to grips and learn over the course of the year as well. I mean, when you work, it's like anything. If you, if you're fortunate enough to work with professionals and people that are, are actually really good at what they do, you can actually learn off them if you want to. I mean, mm. um, and that's sort of been my approach. And I think the team that we have, particularly in the speed series, um, it's it's just a bunch of people that love what they're doing. We have, I mean, you know yourself, we have a good time doing what we're doing. And I, and I can't, you know, this isn't a spiel or a pat on the back for anybody, but it's just, it actually, it's nice to be in an environment where we're always laughing, where we're always trying to bring something new and, um, and really um, do the sport as much benefit as, as what we've probably gotten out of it at the end of the day. That, that, and I think yeah. that, again, it comes down to that passion that you have for it. How do you go when we cross to you or Nolts and Rusty cross to you in a TCR race and you're <laughs> driving at speed, having a chat Dick Johnson style? How do you go with that? Ash hates that. Ash yeah, hates yeah, it. That's not a surprise. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously they don't want us to be um, disrupted or disturbed in any, how, in any way. But uh, it, it is difficult. You, you don't, I mean, it's, you know, as a driver, you're thinking the whole time, you know, nearly talking to yourself through a race. But um, when you actually have to speak and, and 
focus on what you're doing and tell a story is actually mm. quite difficult. So those iconic um, discussions over the radio with the likes of Brock and, and, and Dick at Bathurst, um, I, it, it just gives me more, uh, it, more respect for how good they really were. I mean, we're fortunate enough these days that our cars actually handle and yes, totally. when you talk about the cars <laughs> they were driving and all respect to the people that built them, but Jesus, they were shitboxes. Let's be honest. Like they were working so hard over the top, no power steering, yeah. shifting, like the wheel works all over the place and, and to be able to talk while that's all happening. Um, yeah. Amazing. You crossed to Dick Johnson in the big XD and the thing's getting air over the second hump on Conrod and he's <laughs> chatting away, talking about, driving lakeside like doing laps of your washing machine or something like that it's yeah it's it's fantastic now it's very good great insight to our sport um it would be remiss of us to not discuss the great race because that's coming up in a couple of weeks time and you'll once again line up with uh frosty in the Irwin commodore for team 18 um i'm assuming a test day has been completed recently so you've got some time behind the wheel how's prep gone how have things gone for you and and how are you shaping up for the big one um we're actually testing next week oh, believe cool. it or okay. not yeah. uh so i believe there were a few teams testing the last couple of days in melbourne uh, in queensland so yeah we're we're um we're i'm really looking forward to it because i didn't get the chance to do the second test day because um scott's car had you know so many accidents that they actually had to repair it yeah. halfway through the year so the team went out and did um did a test day just with mark and and scott rightfully so so that was, you know, I had a 10 or 12 laps at the beginning of the year in the first test. Um, the test, the co-driver session at Sandown, which was another 10 or 12 laps. So I've done a total of, you know, maybe let's say 30 laps, including in and out laps. Perfect. It's pretty normal these days um, that you don't do that many laps, particularly now that we've seen, um, particularly because we've seen that shift of 500 and losing Gold Coast for co-drivers. So mm. Um, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I've done enough laps at Bathurst, uh, and, and in a supercar and, and, you know, teaming up with someone like Mark, um, I know how detailed and how, um, how much knowledge he has that I don't have to think a second guess or, um, worry about what our approach in terms of Bathurst, we both get along really well. I mean, we've been racing each other since I was 12 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's it's yeah we've got a good relationship and um and i really think that we're actually uh, we could achieve something good together so um I, you know i know a lot of people think that and feel that but um i've sort of been doing it long enough now you sort of get to realize you know when you when you when you're in a team or when something could actually happen and and i think this year we've got a shot at actually you know being in the in the mix thanks for joining us mate well done this year it's been great to work with you uh, we've got the Bathurst International in November to go from a, a speed series point of view and for TCR as well. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, go very well on the mountain in a couple of weeks. Thanks for having me on, mate. Good to chat with you. Well, there's Michael Caruso joining us here on The Grid. A short break and the next voice you hear will be Tony Shebeck. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. And welcome back. Second part of the program, our chat with Richard and Mark. Uh, hello, Mark. How are you? Hello, Tony Shebeki. Good to be here. Good to have a, a nice wet weekend at Big Bad Sandown. Yeah. Yes, it will be. Didn't we have some weather? That wasn't very Melbourne-like weather, was it? No, nah, but it was quite tropical. 
I'm not sure if Melbourne can claim the entirety of that weather at motor racing here in Australia on that weekend. It was shocking in South Australia at the bend as well. Not as bad as you guys. I'll grant you that, but it was pretty bad as well. Well, I enjoyed it. I thought it made an excellent TV product, and uh, the commentary box was actually at times too warm. We had to open a window. It got a bit stuffy in there, but uh, yeah, what a... That stuffed your free-to-wear TV window on Sunday Arvo, though, the, the we big got it in, though. We Did got you? it in. We got a TCR race in, and then we rolled some highlights of some other good races from earlier this year. So I feel like it uh, was a pretty good compromise, given we weren't going to go car racing at the weekend. Uh, to be fair, and, and full credit to um, everyone involved, because I think we salvaged more racing than we probably deserved to get in, to be honest with you, given the dramas of what was going on. And... I know there's been a few people that have complained about the races that got boned on Saturday, and I get that. But the biggest issue of all, and it's one that wasn't reported on the weekend, was that on Saturday afternoon, the, the biggest drama wasn't necessarily the track flooding. The biggest drama wasn't necessarily the lightning that was around the area, though that did play a role in suspending activities. The biggest drama was that the Sandown Medical Centre flooded, badly flooded. Um, now you can run a racetrack that's semi-submerged in water. God knows, he knows we did that on Sunday. Um, you can dodge lightning storms, but if the medical center is not functioning, you cannot race. It is as simple as yeah. that. It's motorsport 101. So that was part of the reason why ultimately, uh, Sunday had to be a postponed initially because the media, the medical center was flooded, um, and then ultimately canceled, which was a, a result of the lightning around the area and the fact that the lake in the middle of the racetrack filled up it, it overflowed and was pouring onto the racetrack at turn one so that was part of the drama and the reason why the day got suspended in the end and we lost some races but ultimately i thought everyone in the sport did a really good job to get in what we got in everyone pushed really hard and the result was very much unlike formula one we got some great racing and some great racing finishes as well and correct me if I'm wrong, but they had to turn off the power to the Sandown pits as well, didn't they? Because of the amount of water that was well, in the, pit lane. The Trans Am paddock flooded uh, and they had to turn the power off there because half the power boards were all underwater. So that was far from ideal. Not to be fair, not the first paddock that's flooded this year in Australian motor racing because cast your mind back to the supercars opener at mm. uh, Sydney Motorsport Park and even that joint flooded and the Toyota 86 pits were underwater. So uh, it... To be fair to old Sandown, it's not a uh, it's not a specific to that venue drama this year. It turns out, according to some journalists, though, that's it. It's finished. Should never race there again. The place is derelict. It's done and dusted, and it's dangerous. Well, I'll throw this over to our resident expert, Mark Walker, on all things Sandown safety because he's seen it more up close than you or I have. But. Um, yeah, it's certainly got some issues, there's no doubt. Whether it's an immediate shut the doors or not, I don't know. See, that's the thing. Well, look, I'm do a lot of photography around the place, and over the years you get to stand behind a lot of fences and you see what goes on in all these tracks. And, I mean, a lot of tracks do have issues that, you know, you do your track inspection from the track surface and you see a fence go, oh, that, that looks fine. And then when you go and stand behind the fence, whoa, they do not look fine. And, you know... There's places at Phillip Island that aren't real crash hot. Bathurst has some spots that are really dodgy. Uh, Barber Gallo, when they used to have those big tractor tyres in front of them. I mean, you'd prefer to hit a landmine rather than those tractor tyres. Mm. They were horrendous. Um, Sandown isn't crash hot. It's, you know, we've posted a, a story recently on the current state of Sandown and 
you know, a lot of the stuff looks very tired and a lot of things there you wouldn't want to hit. And especially on the weekend when the place was so sodden, like it was waterlogged. It was so wet, like just getting to the grid walk uh, for the TCR race on Sunday, I just gave up because mm. you're standing at the top of the hill and there's just waters pouring over your feet from the ground. It was uh, horrendously wet. And there's no Armco in the world that would ever stand up to that. And no doubt uh, that HSV in the production car race that knocked the fence over and hit the bridge, which is far less than ideal. I mean, that's, that's not good, but that fence was always going to fall over because you look at the photos we took a few weeks ago from that area and, you know, it was underwater then and it's still underwater now. Like it's just water waterlogged. So I don't know what the story is there. Do you do you go and rip up all the Armco? They've they have replaced a lot of Armco down the back straight and over the rise uh in the last 12 months, but um there's still lengths of two high Armco there at Sandown, which was the bare minimum what they need to do in 1984. I don't know if that's really up to spec in 2022. Realistically, though, they're not going to spend a fortune on the place, are they? If they know that it's not going to be racing there in three or four years. They've spent a fortune to put that new Armco in anyway. Like, there'd be hundreds of metres of Armco from the kink in the back straight down to Dandy Road. Like, that Mm. would be a big spend. And they just uh, spent a whole heap of money painting the the grandstand seats as well after the V8 round, unfortunately. So they got the timing cut not quite right there. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they are sort of tipping some coin into the joint, but uh, yeah, whether you want to go and uh, put concrete barriers, you know, whether it's a solution where you use the concrete barriers from the Grand Prix in select spots that do get knocked over. Like they do have some old uh, Grand Prix stock there protecting the walls, like out of turn four, for instance, at the moment. I don't know if, if that would be a, a bit of a solution for some of those spots that are constantly having fence problems. Mm. I don't, could you put, there's some parts of that joint where I don't know if I'd want to put a five ton concrete block because it'd just sink. It's true. <laughs> it'd end right, up being yeah. a foot foot lower than it actually is because it'd just sink into the mud. Yeah. It, it's an interesting conundrum that the, the place and Motorsport Australia have to decide where it's at. And and I think the uncertainty around what's going to happen to it will dictate how that works. So, I mean, if the Melbourne Racing Club come out tomorrow and say, we are going to continue circuit racing until December 31st, 2026, then you go, okay, we've got five years or four years of racing there. We probably should fix it before it shuts down or do some yep. bits to make it safe. So in those four years, we don't knock somebody off. But if they go, oh, no, probably two years, well, then you're not going to spend any money on the joint. And this is part of the problem that we've covered in depth on TRT this year is that no one knows. So we need some certainty because they're never going to spend a cent on the joint and Motorsport Australia isn't going to spend any money and supercars would be the same unless there's some certainty about how many races they're going to go. But if supercars can say, yeah, we're going to go there for five years before it closes down and we're going to run there every year and we're going to do this massive Sandown 500 send-off at the end, then sure, then you go, well, we better look at fixing some of these walls so yeah. the the last Sandown race meeting doesn't end with a supercar parked up in the Penrite Bridge. So, yeah, I, I, that's, that's part and parcel of why there hasn't been anything done is because we just don't know the shelf life of the place. I said it on the weekend, Sandown's the best track in Australia and it's the worst track in Australia. Like that mm. grandstand for watching a race start at the supercars, not on the weekend when they moved the, the starting grid to the other end of the pitch straight, but that is the best place in Australian motorsport to watch a car race. 
But at the same time, some of the stuff there is just so old and tired and sketchy. And it's exactly what you just said. You know, I'm sure if they knew it was going to be there for a long time, they'd put the effort into fixing it up. Mm, interesting to see how that all pans out. But other than the weather, the racing was pretty good. I was, it was ball tearing, Shebex. It was an yeah. awesome weekend of motorsport. It's genuinely entertaining races across the board. And I don't remember a weekend where there were so many good finishes or dramatic last laps across a suite of categories. So you had the closest ever finish in TCM. You had TCR with two guys firing across the escape road um, or the, the run off the, the lake at turn 11, the GT race, which we'll come to later, um, <laughs> whatever the hell that was. And, and just a great Porsche race in the morning. Like it, it just had TCM. so much going for it. Um, yeah, it was it was an amazing weekend of motorsport. I think it showed all of the categories that were there in a really good light, to be honest mm. with you. If you had one of those finishes, you'd go, oh, that was good. That was great, great race meeting. You know, that it was mm. four. And mm. even then the Porsches, like I texted you after that. I was taking photos down the, the southern end of the track and couldn't really see everything that was going on. I had no idea who won it, but I could tell that it was a good race because it was just every lap they'd come around and they'd be in a different order and somebody else would spear off. And mm, and that was, was probably the the least cracker of those races on Sunday. There were some absolute rippers. The TCM race, that, mm. that was the closest one in yep. series history. You're kidding. Well, I was uh, working at The Bend and watching you guys communicate via our WhatsApp group. And all I kept on seeing was, how good was that? And I'm going, <laughs> what have I missed? And then another mate who was there working on the coverage uh, as a, in the technical role said, Shebex, you just do not know what sort of a day of racing you've just missed. Yeah. And I've gone, oh, Lord. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It was a great race meeting and some really good results and uh, some stories from a championship point of view for the, the key categories there. So Sprint Challenge is being turning into a really good fight between two great young kids in Ryan Wood and Thomas Sargent, and that looks like it's going to go down to the wire. TCM sort of the opposite because it's a great title battle between two of the more experienced drivers, shall we say. And Ryan Hans was not particularly old, but um, I don't think JB had mind you saying that he is, but he's still going very, very well. And there's yep. six points between the two of those with Hansford leading. Um, Trans Am was wrapped up, which was great. So well done Nathan Hearn for getting a championship there. And, uh, GT World Challenge is turning out to be a battle, ironically, between the Audi that includes Garth Tander and the Mercedes that includes Shane Van Gisbergen. So they could they could quite easily win Bathurst together in three weeks' time, and then the week later they're racing against each other at the bend, and they'll be boxing on for supremacy uh, in GT racing, which has been really good this year. So, And then TCR, um, Tony D'Alberto's got a nice margin in the championship, but it is by no means a lock for him going into three races at Bathurst to decide what's been a really good season for TCR this year. So yeah, I like it. It's been uh, it was a great weekend of, of motorsporting action witnessed by a legitimately pretty good crowd. I thought. Yeah. Uh, Richard, you called the GT race in five minutes or less. Can you summarize that last lap? Uh, no, 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 <laughs> Not really. Um, it was just madness. It was absolute I... pure madness, and it was absolutely bucketing down rain. It was so, torrentially pouring. For those that haven't seen it, uh, the race was, it was a 60-minute GT World Challenge race, and it started with 
weather bad enough that Shane Van Gisbergen, arguably the best racing car driver in the wet. Yeah, I was going to say in the world. Definitely in the wet. Definitely certainly in, the wet. In, in the discussion. Uh, almost spinning a Mercedes AMG in a straight line because the thing was aquaplaning into turn one. Uh, there were a series of near misses and then some nearer misses down the hill at turn seven and eight. Um, Garth Tander almost fired it off, and then behind him, David Reynolds did and Paul Stokel did, both amazing racing car drivers. Uh, there were two early safety cars. Then the race was suspended because it was just too wet. Um, that pushed the pit stop sequence right to the end. So the race restarted with 11 minutes to go. And the AM drivers in the pro cars at the front still hadn't driven yet. And they had to. You have to have both drivers go through the car. So the net result was that uh, Yasser Shahin jumped into the number one Audi with two laps of the race remaining. And then basically at the start of the final lap, Triple Eight pitted and put Prince Jeffrey Ibrahim in the car that SVG was driving. And he emerged in front of Tony Bates with Yasser Shahin and Liam Talbot battling for third and fourth about 50 metres, 100 metres further down the road. So all four cars within within camera shop. They go up the back straight. Tony Bates gets in the toe of the Merc, fires it down the inside at turn six. Bearing in mind they've both just come out of pit lane, having jumped into the car and sat stationary for 100 seconds. Gets it done. Great pass. Race shot to bits. He's going to win this. Tony Bates and Reynolds are going to win it. Uh, comes into turn 11. Drops it like it's hot. Like Has an enormous off and fires it across the runoff area, which you'd think would hand the lead to... Um, would hand the lead to uh, the Prince, the, the Prince, but ultimately he gets passed in the final corners by Yasser Shahin, yep. who had one extra racing lap, i.e. he had two as opposed to the Prince's one, uh, to drive the car to the line, and Shahin gets up the inside, passes him, and wins the race. So eight of the 21 laps in the race were under green, and that's it. Uh, I believe there are about 23 minutes of green flag running out of 60 minutes in the timed race. There were three lead changes on the final lap and the car that won the race led 360 metres. <laughs> <laughs> biggest... It was a 12-car field. In a 12-car field. Exactly the, right. The so, biggest stat um, out of that for me is it's a 60-minute race and they only did 21 laps. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, it rained quite hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the red flag flew for quite some time. So it it's the best worst race I've ever called. <laughs> At the best worst track. Because, yeah, because for all intents and purposes, that was not a good car race. But, my God, it was entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> it was just awesome. Yeah, cool stuff. Good stuff. And, uh, as I said, I was at the bend. Formula Ford was there for their penultimate round. And, she was that had a bit of action as well with some uh, penalties handed out for guys passing under yellow or safety car that had a real big effect on James Physic, who had a 36-point lead in the championship heading into Adelaide, we now go to Sydney in five weeks' time for the final round, and he's got an 11-point lead to Valentino Astuti. So that is really closed up, and that's going to be game on. Amazing racing, uh, effectively, at uh, at Sydney Motorsport Park at the end of October. So it it could work out for Astuti. If he wins all three races and Physic finishes second in all three races, Astuti will win the championship. Friend of the show, uh, which would be good. 
Yeah. Uh, but but Jimmy Physics done a, a nice job this year. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Formula Ford. It's been good this year. Um, I, I wish they had more events at at bigger race meetings. Like, like they they would have been an amazing addition to the weekend at Sandown, for example. How much racing they would have gotten, I'm not sure. But uh, maybe Sandown's not the right track for them. But um, Richard, I, I think I think it's fair to say that. Formula Ford has been on the nose for the last couple of years. Yes, but now it's now it's not. But now it's not. So because I think it's starting, no other option. No, correct. Now I think <laughs> yeah. it's starting to get the kudos that yeah. it actually deserves from what people saw that racing at Phillip Island earlier this year. Correct. And even the racing at Winton on supercars. And I think ideally the schedule for Formula Ford is two supercar events, two Shannon Nationals events, and then a state round in Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. And yeah. that probably services the entire but, F Ford population. But yeah, because you need you need to look after those state associations by Correct. giving them a national round, and, and yeah. that helps your grids as well. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. But um, so let's no, see what been, happens. It's been good. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's it. No more racing. That was it. That was the weekend done. Yeah, nothing on an international level, no. which was nice. Very quiet. No IndyCar, no NASCAR. It's NASCAR. Was it? Yeah. yeah Tell us all about it. They, oh, yeah, they race they, every weekend. Yeah, Bristol Night Race. Crown Jewel. Oh, of course. Big one. Well, I mean, it, it is a big race because they hand out the trophies are swords. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, that is borderline hot. I'd pay that. Uh, Chris Busher, another non-playoff driver, had a win. 19th different winner for the season. Uh, heaps of tyre issues, mechanical issues, not great. Uh, it was knockout round, knocked out. Kyle Bush, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, and Kevin Harvick. So some big dogs are going to miss out on the next round of the playoffs. Uh, they're off to Texas, so one-and-a-half-mile cookie cutter, then Talladega, right. which is uh, madness, and the Roval, which is extra madness. So uh, they've really got a good schedule lined up, and they've repeated it for next year's uh, calendar as well with these playoffs. So we're just mixing up the type of races in each round of the playoffs. So uh, you've got the one-and-a-half-mile, you've got the super speedway, and you've got a road course in there. So... It doesn't really advantage anyone if uh, anyone's still a chance of scoring the points. But, uh, yeah, interesting to see a few of those um, big dogs, Cole Bush, you know, Harvick, Tyler Reddick had two wins this season. So uh, RCR out of the playoffs early. Who's going to win it? Yes. Yeah. That's it's hard to say because no one's had a run because they've had 19 different winners. No one's been dominant or really shown their hand. Um, and... The short ovals are a bit of a, a crapshoot at the moment. It's hard to see who's going to win it. You know, you'd have to say a Kyle Larson, uh, you know, he got the job done at Phoenix last year. If he's in the final four, he'd have to be in a shout. Chase Elliott, who knows? Mm. Surely there was consideration to not run that night race due to the fact that it was Queen Elizabeth's funeral. Enjoy your holiday, everyone, in Melbourne tomorrow. Uh, oh, nationwide, thank you. Uh, sorry, very Melbourne. Much. Did I say and yes. as we talk, we should we should add it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Uh, now, and we should we should have addressed this at the top, but we are a day late. And I was going to mention that right now as to why we're a day late because you had to spend a day uh, with some S five thousands. Well, yes, yeah, but uh, and you might think that oh, they're a day late because they've got some breaking news. No, 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 no we no. we don't. We've ascertained over the journey that we don't do news on this program. Not necessarily for a lack of effort, but mainly because it always comes out moments after we've pushed stop recording this show. Speaking of Excels, uh, the Race Talks own uh, Check It Out Racing won their sixth South Australian XL World Championships on the weekend at the Bend. So, congratulations to friend of the show, Asher Johnston, and his team for 
wrapping that up and fourth title in a row. Good result. Big TRT logo on the front flanks of uh, the mighty Hofbrau Original Racing sponsored XL. Doric, <laughs> bring us the power rankings every week. Head to doric.com.au forward slash shop to uh, go and buy some cool stuff. Um, I've still got to get me one of those uh, epic locks the digital locks for my uh, front door. Do you know because a guy? Keys are just so old fashioned these yeah, days. Sure. I've got um, one on the back I've got one on the back door and they're a revelation. Yeah. No, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh blanket not uh to Melbourne weather. Oh, we're going knots first, are we? I thought this was untraditional to do knots first. Blanket not to Melbourne weather, Shebex. Yeah. It it has to be said. Uh it's shocking. Yeah. And two out of three people on this show right now are not from Melbourne, so we can say that. No, no, and I am from Melbourne, and mm. I totally agree, one hundred percent. It hasn't uh, been good of late. I blame climate change. Another uh, not, oh, righto. Another not is uh, if anyone is stupid enough to buy a house when they do develop sand down, you're going to flood. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a long term planning not. Build a uh, Queenslander. You are in a world of pain because I don't care how much remediation work they do at that venue. It's always going to flood based on what we saw on the weekend. Yeah, unless they get the blokes down from Dubai who reclaimed an island. Yes, but it doesn't rain very much there. No, so the, the flooding side of things isn't a massive issue. Uh, my my not this week is, um, broadly speaking, race two of the Fanatec GT World Challenge powered by AWS. And it, it's, a, it's a not with a smile because it was just insane. And uh, any race with a 25-minute red flag gets a not. But uh, I'll follow up more on that a little bit later on. But that's going to be my not for the week. I just I just couldn't bring myself to not too much. I had a really good weekend. I enjoyed it. Mark? Uh, I mean, this sort of follows on from previous knots, but uh, Richard Crowell finally had a dud airline experience and now he's given yeah. up airline travel and he's going to drive yeah. to Bathurst. So, uh... No, well, I'm driving to Bathurst because uh, uh, because it's outrageously expensive to fly at the moment, <laughs> not because of yeah. the uh, the small dramas I had to get in. Sorry, Mark, please continue. Uh, some bonus knots to photographers who can see that the rain is absolutely clearly coming and then just elect to stand there and cop it and then <laughs> complain about being wet later. There's, yes. there's yeah. options. You don't have to stand there and get soaked. Uh, but I suppose my main knot is actually the weather because uh, even at this stage, they've canned all the camping at the MotoGP at Phillip Island because the outfield's oh. too soggy there. So that's bad news for... Uh, that's a real big drawdown there. That's bad go. news for thousands of people. Yeah. So that's, uh, that is not good. And uh, the overflow camping at Bathurst down the soccer fields was under a metre of water on the weekend. So uh, probably the situation up on top of the mountain is not going to be much chop either because, uh, you know, remember back last year, there was a whole heap of uh, water through there and there was a lot of chip wood and it was a bit uncomfortable for everyone. So the fact that it's all sold out this year, ooh, it's not going to be uh, fantastic mm. given a couple of weeks. It's probably not going to dry up a whole heap. So uh, thoughts and prayers to everyone camping at Bathurst and finding an alternate for the Phillip Island MotoGP round. Yeah, so wet weekend uh, planned for Sydney this weekend as well. So you're right, it probably won't. Uh, dry out too quickly. I will be driving to Bathurst as well, which I'm really looking forward to. And I'm actually thinking I'll throw this to you. I'm going to drive up on the Friday because I've got SMP on the Saturday, Sunday AMRS. But then I've got the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to kill. I don't want to stay in Sydney. So I'm thinking of driving out to like Orange and Dubbo and those sort of places, just places I've never been before. Wise decision? 
See the Central West of New South Wales. It's the best part of New South yeah. Wales, in my opinion. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that sounds like an ad read from Richard Crowell. I'd suggest go to the Vale circuit that we discovered yep. last year and probably go to the pub at Perthville as well. I really appreciated that. I'll have a Mustang, so I might even be able to go around the circuit. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could go around it in a Hyundai i30, but much more fun in a Mustang. Absolutely. No doubt. Mm. Uh, thanks to Ford. And we'll be uh, telling you all about that road trip uh, in a few weeks' time when we get back from Bathurst. My knot is uh, the bend, unfortunately, Richard, and it's based towards their inability to clear an incident quickly. For an international racing track, and I understand that they would have more staff on board when they well, have Well, just be careful and... because... No, 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 but no, let me say, promo- the, say... There's a difference between the racetrack and the promoter, but carry no, on, no, no, I understand. For an international racetrack, I understand that they would have more... Uh, flatbed trucks and the like on hand during a supercars round or a GT round or whatever that might be. But for a state round, there was one flatbed truck that has to cover effectively, what, five and a half to six kilometres of track. The delay that it put on the actual schedule due to that, especially when we had two cars that went off, and at one stage the truck had to go get that car, come off and then go back and get the other car because the uh, there was no car other car to tow it out. That just seemed a little bit weird. That we, that we had to wait 20 minutes, half an hour. The conditions were already pretty poor, as I mentioned, with the wind and the like. So maybe just, yeah, one more flatbed truck would be great. Sure, but your issue isn't with the track, it's with the promoter because they're said, the ones that no, pay well, that. So well, That uh, may be the case. Whoever's, whoever's the it's with, get yourself an extra flatbed truck to cover such an extensive ah, good amount of track. One will do 2.2 kilometres of track. No dramas, but yeah, such a big track like that, it just won't work. Uh, you're hot, Richard. Uh, getting finishes under green. Full stop. Proved on Sunday, it's just such a massive thing for our sport, and it's not hard. If you've got a race control working with a TV broadcaster and officials and teams and category management that have a desire to make sure the show continues on, at a level that is safe, but is geared towards making sure the show continues, you can do it. Mm. Uh, And there were incidences at Sandown that were much more serious than a McLaren parked on the side of the road with a gearbox issue. Uh, And yet we still got the race going again. Now, yes, it's a shorter racetrack and rah, 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 rah. Anyway, uh, we had an unbelievable day that will be remembered for a long time by everyone there with some incredible finishes because they got races back under green. And if there's an argument for getting races finished under green, it was Sunday. It was outstanding. How, how would we be talking now if every single one of those races had finished under yellow rather than being restarted? So it would have sucked the life out of Sunday. So the FIA should have a chat with Motorsport Australia and ARG <laughs> and the categories and work out how to do it because uh, Monza was a disgrace and Surely Sandown was a triumph. Surely so, not that hard. There you go. Nah. Yeah, cool. Uh, my hot new Mustang. Oh, I got to hand it to the Ford Motor Company because they launched that and they launched a fairly wide sweeping across the board motorsport program to support the new Mustang. I, I don't know if I entirely on board with the styling of all the the new car i think it's got to grow on me a little bit but uh big hot for what they're doing in motorsport obviously locally they're right behind supercars and supercars was a really big part of their global announcement but it also includes 
GT3, GT4, which you know, we really hope to see at the Bathurst 12 hour in 2024. Uh, they're getting behind drag racing. They're building factory spec club races over there. There's a chance that we'll have a one spec, uh, you know, a spec Mustang series in Australia. Like Ford have said that if uh, there's backing for it and there's uh, you know, a good business case put forward, they'll have a one, one car Mustang series, which is cool. Um, you know, they're going to go to Le Mans with the Mustang. They're going to do all the things in the sports car world with Mustang, which is really cool. And it's going to run their NASCAR as well. So it's good to see a manufacturer. They've got a hero car in Mustang and uh, they're going to race it absolutely everywhere they can, which is good. You know, not many manufacturers have cars these days. They're all pivoting to SUVs and pickup trucks and whatnot, but, uh, and Ford generally has as well, but they've still got uh, the Mustang out there. They need to milk it for all it's worth because it's probably the last one with a real engine. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. good. No, I agree. We've thrown all the rules of the power rankings out the window. So can I have a hot that actually rolls into a knot? Is that sure. possible? Thanks. Why not? Uh, my hot is the fact that we have major international categories that have already announced their calendar for 2023. Categories that have major contracts with countries, not with racing circuits, but with countries, and have been able to sort out their stuff to get those calendars out, such as Formula One, such as NASCAR and the like. Unfortunately, I don't believe that we're going to have a supercars calendar until probably at least the Gold Coast. I'm sure we won't have it by Bathurst. And all we're doing is dealing with some circuits around Australia. It can't be that hard. It is, though. Is it really? (laughs) Yeah. Is it really? Because at the end of the day, and correct me if I'm wrong, supercars should take precedent on every track over every other event that wants to book it. Well, it should, but in their So if supercars comes to... doesn't Whoever. necessarily work that way, Shebex. The problem is that the calendar next year, they had 13 events this year, and two of those events have to be chopped because mm. uh, they want to have a 12-round calendar, and they got to bring back Newcastle. So which two events are you going to chop? And then you've got Mr. Crail here demanding two races in New Zealand. So Correct. how is all that going to work? Exactly. Exactly. No, look, and look, to be fair, usually it was... In, it used to be Bathurst. Well, no, usually it was Sandown. Well, that's true. But, but that was last weekend. So they're not that far out. I, I wouldn't surprise me if we see it at Bathurst. Okay. The, the word on the street is it's pretty close. Well, let's hope. Mm. Let's hope. Anyway, that's it. Thank you, boys. No worries. We're sorry to everybody for being late this week, but that's the way of the world. Uh, and we're back... To usual schedule probably next week, and yeah. then the week after will be our big Bathurst show. And we've got our we've got ten questions that we're going to ask a bunch of industry people and drivers and people within the sport that we'll bring to you in our Bathurst preview show. Uh, but what we will do as well is we'll open it up to our audience on the racetalk.com. Please. And so keep an eye out on our social channels. We would, we would like you to answer these questions as well, and the best ones we'll read out in the pod, and the best best ones we'll get something. We've got some new merch in the works and things like that. So we'll work out some form of a prize. Could be us buying you a beer, something like that. Um, we'll uh, we'll come back to you on that. But keep your eyes out for that on the TRT socials at The Race Talk. Yeah, sorry for being late and sorry for being grumpy as well. Yeah, no, it's just one of those weeks, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think the weather. Yeah, the and water. the Queen. Yeah. yeah. God bless her. But we get, she's giving us a holiday tomorrow, so that's pretty cool. Well, today as people listen to it. Today so enjoy your holiday. Day. And for people in Melbourne, enjoy your extra long weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Go the Swans. Go the Spiders. Yes, good luck to them as well. Catch you next week right here on The Grid.